Have you ever wondered why boys prefer choosing math and sports classes, unlike girls who prefer choosing English and arts classes? Have you ever wondered why girls and boys prefer playing separate instead of together in the playground? The answer that feminists would give to this question would be that it's the fault of gender stereotypes. If you were to answer this question, you would probably say it was their personal free choice because that's where their skills lie in. In this episode, I want to explain to you why we can speak of a free choice and how gender stereotypes plays a huge role in our everyday life decisions. Listen along. Hello guys and welcome to a brand new episode of Overreacting the Podcast. I'm your host Michelle Ceriso and every week we overreact to important topics regarding intersectional feminism. The topic of today is gender stereotypes because it's something that we encounter every single day whether it be consciously or unconsciously. I think more unconsciously and because they cause huge problems for people all around the world. First of all what is a gender stereotype? What is the definition for it? The definition is that a gender stereotype is a generalized view about attributes, roles or characteristics that are to be possessed or performed by women and men. So in this case, social expectations and behaviors that they need to perform and do because if not, they're not considered women nor men. What's going on, coach? Um, girls here. I want to try out for the team. <laughs> You're not serious. All right, all right. You're all excellent players, but girls aren't as fast as boys. What? Or strong, or as athletic. <laughs> hey, this is not me talking. It's a scientific fact. Girls can't be boys. It's as simple as that. The origin of stereotypes is discussed wildly. On the one hand, people say that the kids are biologically born with different traits than the other gender and from there these gender roles have developed. On the other hand, there are those who say that kids are conditioned by society to grow into these roles from what they learn in school, from what they see in the media, from what they are given when they're kids such as toys and clothing. They say that it's society that shapes them into these gender roles. So which one is right? I made my research because I was very interested in this topic as I didn't know much of the origins and I was curious. And I looked for the differences that boys and girls biologically have at birth. Before I start telling the differences, I want to point out that not all boys and girls are born this way. Only two thirds of boys and three fourths of girls behave the way I'm going to tell you now. The first thing I found was that girls in the first months after birth can keep better eye contact and recognize faces, unlike boys who stare just attentively at a blinking light. Girls also develop milestones early, such as talking, hand-eye coordination, controlling emotions, than boys who do it much later. Girls also have a lower level of serotonin, which gives them a higher tendency of comforting themselves with their thumb when they're sad or when they're tired or they're hungry. And boys have a higher level of testosterone, which makes them more easily to get stressed and harder to calm down. 
Girls also have an average lower birth weight. They are physically shorter and have a smaller head circumference when they're born. And in the future, they also have a less muscular strength, unlike the boys. And the last thing that I found that I thought was very interesting is that girls have a smaller hypothalamus than boys. The hypothalamus is a part of the brain that is responsible for you eating, drinking, or having sex, so controlling your movements. And boys have a larger one. Having found these differences that girls and boys have at birth, I didn't really find much that could explain the gender stereotypes of the future. Because even if they have a smaller hypothalamus, that doesn't mean that they necessarily are less smart than boys. Also, the less muscular strength that they have doesn't necessarily make them less strong than men. In fact, how I said earlier, only three-fourths of girls behave this way, so it's not a girl thing to be less strong than men. Even if these differences, though, might seem as if they don't lead to much, they still have a little impact into into how the children become later in the future. So we must not leave it out of the conversation. If the differences at birth don't play that huge role into the shaping of the kids, then it must come down to the parenting that makes them become feminine or masculine. In what way, though? I'm going to tell you now. I made a little story, if we want to say that, of one girl and one boy who basically just grow up and go through stages of life until adulthood. And in this cycle that I wrote down, I put in all the stereotypes that girls and boys encounter in their everyday life. Let me warn you, this is a generalization. So not every girl, not every boy has gone through this. In this story, I have included stereotypes that have been associated to girls and boys in their lives. And later, I'm going to explain to you why it's problematic. Let's start with the girls, right? Ladies first. Pun intended. Get them up, queen and country. I'm sorry. Get it done. Do it now. Hold on a minute. Like the gentleman says. Hold on a minute. You've got hands, Mr. Connolly. Two big hands. So why is that your wife's job? It's housework, isn't it? And that's a woman's job? Of course it is. Mr. Connolly, what gender is the queen? She's a female. And are you suggesting the queen does the housework? No. Not at all. Then get busy. Once a baby girl is born, she is brought home to a pink baby room. So the walls are painted pink, the bed is pink, everything is pink. And she's given beautiful dresses to wear. When she's older, she's given dolls to play. When she is capable of playing with plastic dolls, like Barbies, without swallowing the small pieces and dying because of it. She starts watching kids' films, like Disney, with the Disney princesses. And she starts daydreaming about Prince Charming and about how she's gonna marry Prince Charming. This girl, whenever she has a tantrum, she's told to behave and be a good girl. Because if not, it will not look good on her. And she won't be desirable. Her mother decides that her ears should be pierced. Because it's a tradition in their family. And her hair is combed into the cutest little hairstyles. As she grows up, she sees her mother do most of the cooking, taking care of her, and doing the chores. When she visits her family over holidays, she's told how pretty she looks in her dress or receives many compliments about her looks. Once she gets in school, she meets other girls who have shared the same interests in Disney princesses and dolls, and builds relationships with them. When this girl is bullied by boys, she is told to excuse their behavior by adults, or by her mother. 
When she enters middle school, she decides to take classes in languages and humanism because she has developed the skills through her relationship with her friends. When she's 11 years old, she gets her period and enters puberty, but she is to keep it private. She has to hide her tampons and her pads in her bag when she goes to the bathroom, and she's not really allowed to talk about it because people will get ashamed of her. She learns to do the chores and starts taking care of her friends, keeping the girl code and trying to keep them happy, worrying about what they might think of her, whether she's pretty enough, if she's cool enough for the group. In the meantime, in her teenager years, she starts daydreaming about boy bands like 1D and she starts romanticizing about getting married with celebrities like Tom Hiddleston. She watches bad boy dramas and romanticizes this kind of love. She feels like she has to be wooed by boys and that she needs to be the damsel in distress who is saved by her Prince Charming. When she's 16 or 17, she experiences sexual harassment on the street for the first time, and because of it, her family tells her to dress more appropriately. Only 29.3% of women work in STEM, but this girl is not a part of them. She studies humanism or caregiving, and she enters jobs like nurse, carer, or translator. When she's around 25 or 26 years old, she gets married to her Prince Charming, and immediately gets pregnant, because she's scared that she might not be able to give grandchildren to her parents. She takes parental leave from work and doesn't earn as much as her husband because she loses time taking care of the child and spends more time doing unpaid labor, which 31% of women are responsible for. And then once the child is born, she grows her child into the same stereotypes and the whole cycle starts again. Now let's talk about the boy. Sandy! Teddy? What are you, what are you doing here? I, I thought you were going back to Australia. We had a change of plans. Okay. <laughs> well, that's cool, baby. I mean, you know how it is. Rocking and rolling and whatnot. Danny? <laughs> that's my name. Don't wear it out. What's the matter with you? <laughs> What's the matter with me, baby? What's the matter with you? <laughs> yeah. What happened to the Danny Zuko I met at the beach? Well, I do not know. I mean, maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe there's two of us, right? The baby boy is born, and he's brought home to a blue baby room. He's given masculine clothing, such as pants and a shirt, and he's given trucks and cars to play. He starts watching kids' films, which are action-filled, such as Ben 10 or Pokemon, and he starts getting encouraged to be in action. These action-filled fantasies he plays out with his trucks and cars. Whenever this boy has a tantrum, he's not told anything since he will get over it, and it's a normal thing for boys to behave that way. His hair is cut short, because if not, he's considered too feminine, and that might look bad for the family. He grows up seeing his father fixing the car and working in technical careers, and doing less of the chores. When he visits his family over the holidays, he's told how smart he is at math and reading, and he's asked what he wants to do when he's older. Once he gets in school, he meets other boys who have the same interests in trucks, cars, and sports as him, and starts doing sport or action-filled things with them. When this boy is bullied and he goes to his father for advice, he is told that he has to use violence against them and that he has to get into his first ever fight because it's a tradition under boys. 
In school, he decides to take classes in math and STEM because he has developed these skills through his technical and motoric abilities that he's developed through playing with his trucks and spending time with others also interested in technical stuff. When he's 12 or 13, he starts growing a beard and he enters puberty, which he talks openly about to his friends. He starts getting curious about girls' body and he gets curious about sex and self. He might even start masturbating and he jokes about it with his friends. Once he's a bit older, his father teaches him how to fix his car and he tries to fit in with other boys, keeping the bro code and worrying about belonging to the group, if he's cool enough, if he's man enough. To belong to the group, he also starts watching porn, which give him wrong expectations of sex at a young age. And he starts feeling like he has to woo other girls, as well as competing against other men to get the girl. He's the one who has to make the girl fall in love, the one who pays for the date, the one who takes her out, not the other way around. After graduation, he starts studying STEM, or in technical subjects, and enters technical careers like a doctor, a filmmaker, or a politician, positions of leadership in general. After having stabilized his career, he gets married and gets his wife pregnant, but he doesn't have to necessarily take parental leave. He earns more than his wife, he gets promotions, and reaches high positions. And once a child is born, he grows his own child into the stereotypes, and so the cycle starts again. Because of all of these factors that girls and boys encounter in their childhood, they develop their personal identity into who they become in the future. As we've seen, the girls are raised to be more dialogue-oriented and empathetic, while the boys are the ones who are raised to be more action-oriented and direct when solving problems or facing trouble. You might think, yeah, but it's good that we have these two different kinds of people, right? I mean, if we only had one type, it would be boring and there wouldn't be any diversity. I have to agree, yes, there wouldn't be any diversity. But the problem is that these stereotypes do more harm than good. While they create this diversity between genders and people, it still stops kids to develop their own personal attributes and skills and hijacks their own personal decisions for their life and plans. Because if we look at these genders... The girls are taught to be the weak ones, the ones that are more empathetic, the ones that work more in emotions. So they are not encouraged to work in high-profile careers that are such leadership that need that technicality behind it, that leadership behind it. And that is what girls lack if they are raised into a gender-stereotypical environment. They are held back from opportunities. They're encouraged to be mothers, girlfriends, and wives instead of workers or businesswomen. And they're underrepresented in important factors of life, like, for instance, politics. We need more girls in politics because doing so, we might get more laws for women. Women? In cabinet? No, certainly not. Well, not just because there aren't any suitable candidates. But I have found women in general tend not to be suited to high office. Oh, why is that? Well, they become too emotional. I doubt you'll have that trouble with me. Also, growing girls in this environment makes them uncredible, makes them powerless, makes them be unimportant in the society. If we let them into the conversation, they're not going to give any good ideas. There's not going to be an improvement 
if a weak person comes into the conversation. Not only is it harmful for girls, it's also harmful for boys. Because since the girls are the ones who have to be weak, the boys have to be the ones who are strong. Since they are considered assertive and the ones who are more appropriate for leadership positions because they are more action-oriented, they are more direct, they go for action and not words, they will make a change because they are always on the move. They have great ideas. They can move the whole system further. But at the same time... Because of this, because they are considered being the ones who are more appropriate for leadership positions, they are not only discouraged, but also repulsed from doing feminine, in brackets, jobs, such as a nurse or carer, since they have to be the strong ones. They are still not allowed to show their emotions freely. And these are the roles, these gender stereotypical roles, they are given by society, our patriarchal society. What did I miss? The oppressive patriarchal values that dictate our education. Good. Another problem that gender stereotypes cause is that when a child's interests and abilities are different from what society expects, so when they act outside of their supposed behavior, they are subjected to bullying and discrimination. For instance, if a boy shows a stereotypical feminine trait, like liking pink or liking arts or liking to wear dresses, they are considered gay by their friends. They're considered gay by society because they're a boy. They're supposed to behave like boys. So if they like something that is considered feminine, then they are considered gay which is a very homophobic point of thought. If girls show masculine traits, on the other hand, like enjoying technical stuff like fixing cars, or they don't like Disney princesses, they prefer watching Ben 10, or they hate wearing dresses, then they're considered either lesbians, or the word we've all heard before, tomboys, in Italian, maschiaccio, or they're also considered unladylike, because they're behaving like a boy. When we talk like girls pursuing high-profile careers like doctor or being a PhD candidate, girls are considered ambitious like a man. As if a girl is generally not ambitious, because only men are those who are ambitious. It's like society doesn't want to see outside of these two specters of ideologies for each gender. And it's sadly become a status quo that has been here for so many generations and it still is such a huge problem here and in every country of the world. In some countries more intense than in others, but still in every single country, gender roles are the basis of society. Parents are afraid to raise their kids outside of the stereotypes because they're afraid that society will treat them differently because of it. They're afraid that a lot of harm will come to the child if they behave differently because society doesn't accept them. And so they want to protect them because that's what parents want. They only want to protect us. And so they're afraid to do it. Something I've also noticed is that boys who have stereotypically female traits are bullied more by their boyfriends because boy groups are more worried about their exterior cool image since they are the ones who have to be strong, which is why they bully boys who show weakness. They're not allowed to be pussies. They're not allowed to cry. They're not allowed to wear pink. They're not allowed to be dramatic. Girls are more accepting of boys showing these traits because they care more about the emotions and the relationships that they build up. They don't care 
much about the image. They care more about how the person feels about the person behind the image. And that is why girls tend to be more accepting. Of course, there are also some girls out there who support these gender roles and forms and like force it on some people as well called toxic femininity as toxic masculinity is boys forcing it on boys and especially non-binary people are the ones who are the most about this because they can't express their own gender identity since they have to play along the rules of the gender stereotypes like they're either allowed to be female or male if a non-binary person likes wearing dresses for instance they'll be considered oh, you're very feminine. If they prefer wearing pants or whatever, they will be considered, oh, you're so masculine. So non-binary people in this gender stereotypically led society are screwed and can't express their gender identity because people in society will always try to associate their traits to one of the two genders, female and male. So what are the solutions? It's starting with the kids. I have said it in every single episode I've done. I've done three so far and I've always said it in every single one. And that is teaching your children because the children are what is going to be the future. And as long as they're kids, they're still learning. For them, it's easier to unlearn and learn things. So that is what we have to start with them. Of course, it's important that we teach the adults as well. But the children are the main focus because they are the future, as we said. So basically approach your kids or your students to all kinds of toys, to all kinds of films, like not only gender stereotypically Disney or Ben 10. Approach them to everything. Approach girls to both Ben 10 and the Wings Club. Approach boys to the Wings Club and... Pokemon. It's not wrong if they like Pokemon, but they need to know that they don't have to fix themselves only on liking Pokemon because if if they are not then they're they're considered not man enough. Raise your kids along their talents and skills instead of stereotypes and traditions. Also teach girls that they are enough like boys and that they are not worth less only because of their traits, only because they are better with feeling emotions and better at understanding emotions that doesn't make them weak. And at the same time, teach your boys that femininity is approachable and respectable. Teach them it's okay to express yourself in what is considered feminine traits and stop making it repulsive for them. Stop degrading the female gender for boys. Stop making boys say, don't be a pussy, referring to stop being a female genital when they're weak. Stop telling them to throw like a girl when they miss a shot, only because girls are, are not as interested in sports as boys are. Which is not the fault of the girls, but the fault of the parents who have not approached them to sports. I'm easily worth two men. You can help too if you like. Stop looking at only one binary of gender, which consists of only two genders, which is the female and the male, because there are so many more gender identities out there that can't be described only in female and male. Start making life better and easier for transgender people, for non-binary people, for gender queer people, for gender fluid people, for intersex people, make it more, make it more inclusive. Because if you only live along those two genders, you're excluding a huge number of the population. 
There is a misconception about feminists regarding gender stereotypes, which is that feminists don't wear pink or that they don't watch Disney princesses and stuff. That is wrong. I am a proud feminist and I love Disney. I mean, Rapunzel and Merida are my queens and I do like the color pink. I wear it every Wednesday, I think. Feminists don't want to cancel the pink color for girls. Feminists want to decriminalize the color from its bad image and stop making people seem weak if they wear it or if they like it. Because a color doesn't define your gender, nor your sexual orientation, nor whether you're strong or weak. A color is a color. It is your experiences, your personal identity, and your character that define you. So start raising your kids along those lines. Incredibly, we have reached the ending of this episode as well. This week, I want to recommend you good two films at a time. Number one is Billy Elliot, which came out in 2000, directed by Stephen Daldry. And it's about a young boy from Northern England who has a passion for dancing, but he has to face the refusal of his father, since dancing is not something that is made for boys. Bowie. What's wrong with Bowie? What's wrong with Bowie? It's perfectly normal. Perfectly normal. I used to go to Bali. See? I feel nana. For girls, not, not, not for lads, Billy. Lads do football or boxing or wrestling. Not friggin' Bali. What lads do wrestling? Don't start, Billy. And the second one is She's the Man, which came out in 2006, directed by Andy Fickman, which is a modern adaptation of Shakespeare's Twelfth Night. And it's about a girl named Viola who pretends to be her brother to play soccer for a university team when the girls' team at her school is dissolved. I'm not Sebastian. I'm Viola. Wait, wait. You're not Viola. Yes, I am. No, I know Viola. I, I kissed Viola. You kissed me. What, what are you talking about? I didn't, I didn't kiss you. The girls' team at Cornwall got cut, and the guys wouldn't let me go out for their team. So, I've been pretending to be my brother while he was in London for the past two weeks. Ow. So I could make the team and beat Cornwall. Ow. Both films deconstruct gender stereotypes and show the effects that they can have on every person's development or life. It shows also how the environment reacts to the main character deconstructing the gender stereotypes. It's a perfect comparison to how in real life society sees people who deconstruct gender stereotypes. Both really good films, fun films to watch. The first one, Billy Elliot, would make you dance, will make you cry, will make you kind of put on subtitles because the English is a bit complicated to understand. And the second one will make you laugh. It's witty, it's easy, it's light to watch, but it holds such a big message behind, which for the 2000s, it's a very advanced message. So yeah, watch it. They're both on Amazon Prime and YouTube for renting or buying. I know, I know, always the money, but I really recommend it to you for this week's topic. 
thank you for listening. I hope you like the two stories. Um, and I hope that you could learn something about gender stereotypes because I'm pretty sure that you've grown up on them too. I want to remind you that thankfully, nowadays, people are more aware of this and raise their kids more gender neutrally. But still, gender stereotypes are the basis for the parenting of many kids and the education of many children around the world. And it's a huge factor that has a huge impact on the lives of many people, especially women and girls. If you have any questions, you can write me your questions on Twitter and Instagram as usual at overreacting underscore pod. Or you can send in an audio recording of your question and I will feature them in a future episode. If you have a suggestion about a future episode topic, also write me on Twitter and Instagram. I would be very happy to receive some topics that might interest you guys. And yeah, thank you for listening. I'll see you next week again, Wednesday. Have a nice day, guys. And don't forget, feminists are not overreacting. Okay, bye.